Let's begin praying together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we believe that you are really, truly, substantially present here with us in the Blessed Sacrament. We thank you, Lord, for your real presence. We thank you for wanting to be here with us tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all of the good things that you want to do for each and every one of us here tonight. We make an act of faith, an act of expectant faith, Lord, in the good things that you want to do for us here tonight. Please increase our faith. Increase our level of expectation. May the level of expectation rise in this room tonight, Lord. May each and every person here have a great expectation for the good things that you are going to do here for each and every one of us. That you are going to touch us in a personal way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in advance for the healings that you are going to bring about tonight. Physical healings, emotional healings, spiritual healings, psychological healings. Lord, you know that we all need to be healed in different ways. We are all so fragile. We have our wounds, we have our scars. But help us to realize, Lord, that these are not obstacles to intimacy with you, to friendship with you, but rather places of encounter where we can meet you, the divine healer, the good shepherd. Mother Mary, we want to crown you the queen of this night as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus invited a little child to stand among them. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, Whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. So tonight I thought we could reflect a little bit on what it means to be childlike. So that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven, not just at the end of our lives, but even today. And to live more and more united with God. To live more and more aware of his presence. And not just his presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Although that's a great 
grace in and of itself, but to be aware of the fact that we are all temples of the living God. By virtue of our baptism, we have received the very life of God in our souls. And so God is with us all the time. He wants to be close to us. He is closer to us than we are to ourselves, St. Augustine said. So let's just pray tonight that we can all be more and more aware of God's presence in our daily lives and that it's a loving presence. It's a merciful presence. It's not some harsh, judgmental presence. It's not a fault-finding presence. God doesn't watch us so as to keep track of our sins and faults and failures. No, but like a good friend, he's there to encourage us. He's there to pick us up when we fall with love, with mercy. And God sees each and every one of us like a little child. In God's eyes, we're always little in a sense. He sees us with great purity. And what I mean by that is he sees in each and every one of us our goodness, which he created us with. So God doesn't look at you and see all of your shortcomings. But rather, he sees in you all your goodness, all your potential to keep growing. He knows what you're made of because he made you. And he knows why he made you. And he knows what gifts he has given each and every one of you. And when he sees you, he sees a unique reflection of himself. And because he's God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he loves himself perfectly and infinitely. And so what he sees in each and every one of you is something unique. And he just falls in love with you all over again. And like I said, he's been waiting all day to come out of the box to come out of the tabernacle and to be out in the open, exposed for adoration, for praise and worship. This makes him so happy that you're all here, that we're all gathered here together. Even in this more humble setting, he likes that because he himself chose to be born in a stable, for goodness sake, right? So he likes humble settings. And he likes the fact that we are here looking to connect with him. Because he's all about connection. He's all about communion. He's all about reconciliation. The Father sent the Son to reconcile us with himself. And together they sent the Spirit to bring about unity. Jesus prayed very fervently at the Last Supper that we would all be one. He implored the Father, Father, may they be one, just as you and I are one. So that speaks about closeness, that 
speaks to the fact that he wants us to be together and that he wants to be in our midst. He is Emmanuel, as we sang together in that first song. He is here with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And he wants to be here with us through thick and thin, through our trials and tribulations. He is committed to us. We have a crucifix here on the back wall. And by going to the cross, one of the things that Jesus said to us without saying it explicitly was, I'm all in. I'm going to go the distance with you. I will never abandon you. In sickness and in health, in good times and in bad, for richer or poor, I'm committing myself to you forever. So God has radically committed himself to you and to me, to all of us. That's the covenant that we talk about. As Scott Hahn likes to say, it's not a contract. There's not just an exchange of goods going on here, but there is a, a, a family bond being formed, a bond of kinship that God has established by the shedding of his blood on the cross. So God is committed to you and to me. And when we talk about becoming like children, we're also blessed to have this icon of mother and child. So we can look at that and we can see that Jesus himself entrusted himself to his mother as a baby. He could have come down to earth in many different ways. He could have chosen how to come down. None of us really got to choose, right? But Jesus got to choose. And look at how he chose to be born a baby, defenseless, very needy, completely dependent on his mother, and his father, his stepfather, his Foster father, better said, right? And he needed to be loved. He made himself vulnerable. He made himself vulnerable all throughout his life, from the crib to the cross, and especially now in the Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament. How much more vulnerable can you get than taking the form of a piece of bread? Any one of us could just go up here and crush it. So he makes himself vulnerable so that he can be approachable. He didn't want to scare us. He didn't want to intimidate us. He didn't want us to follow him out of fear. But rather he wanted to attract us to himself through his goodness, through his beauty, through his message of truth. 
Those are all things that we long for. Truth, goodness, and beauty. We can never get enough of those things. And not just any truth, but the absolute truth. And not just any beauty, but the most beautiful thing. And not just any good, but the greatest good. We're wired that way. Because God made us for himself. And as St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. So he knows that we all have genuine needs and desires of all kinds. And he wants to be the fulfillment of all those desires. He wants to meet our needs. And what's the greatest need that we all have as human beings? It's to be loved. We all have a need to be loved. If we're really going to thrive, if we're really going to be happy and fully alive and creative and productive, we need to know that we are loved, that we are wanted. God wants us to feel that. God wants each and every one of you to feel loved by him passionately, faithfully. And sometimes because life happens, we have a hard time admitting that we really have that need. Because that makes us vulnerable, right? If I express a need and a desire to be loved and it's met with Rejection of some kind, or neglect, or abuse, well then I, I shrink away from that. I, I put up the walls and the masks, and, and I become afraid. I go into survival mode. And we've all been there. It's the one instinct that is the strongest in each and every one of us, to survive. God put that in us too. Because he knows sometimes we have to go into survival mode, but he doesn't want us to live like that day after day, week after week, year after year. God doesn't want us to be miserable. Because he is our living hope. He is our living hope. And even when things around us are a mess, we can stand in the middle of the storm and know that he stands with us and that he loves us, that he is for us, that he is our defender, our rock, our good shepherd. He is our peace. He's our joy. He tells us all these things, he says, because I want my joy to be in you. Well, what's his joy? His joy is being eternally loved by the Father in the Spirit. And he wants that joy, that relationship, that communion that he shares with the Father and the Holy Spirit to be in us. And he wants us to 
He wants to bring us into that life of his, that communion, that joy. He does that through the Holy Spirit. He does that through the sacraments. He does that through his word. He does that through his church. Tonight, he's bringing us together into his presence, into his loving presence, to hear his word, to reflect on his life, his sacrifice, to remember what he has done for us, to remember that he is faithful. Even if we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. He never gives up on us. He will never give up on you. Ever. But what he invites us to do is to put our hands, to put our lives in his hands. To entrust ourselves to him. Just as he entrusted himself to Mary and to his father. So he invites us to entrust ourselves to him. To make that act of faith. Lord, I believe that you do want what's best for me. I do believe that you have great plans for my life. That you have high hopes for me. You created me. You know what you created me for. And in light of last week's celebration of All Saints Day, you know, he created each and every one of us to be a saint in our own way. And a saint is just somebody who is fully alive in Christ. They've allowed themselves to be possessed by Christ, by the Holy Spirit. They've given control of their lives to God. They get in the passenger seat. I like to say that when when Paul said, you know, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I no longer live by sight, but by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What's Paul saying? He's saying, I'm getting out of the driver's seat, and I'm getting in the passenger seat, and I'm inviting Jesus to drive. In fact, I'm getting in the back seat, you know. I'll put Mary in the passenger seat, and I'll just get in the back. And I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to enjoy the ride. And I can say that, you know. I've, I joined the seminary, it's hard to believe, but I joined the seminary 25 years ago. And I wasn't three, you know. <laughs> I was 21 years old. 25 years ago and I left college after my junior year lots of people were saying why don't you just finish you got one year left I had a year of eligibility left to play football I was going to be captain of the team you know but my dad was happy that I joined because that was one less year of college loans that he had to help me pay off (laughs) go son go you have my blessing. So 
little scary. But that was putting my life in God's hands. And has it been easy? Heck no. Heck no, it hasn't been easy. It's been really hard, in fact. But does anybody have a really easy life? Raise your hand. Nobody has an easy life. Nobody. And God knows that. And so through these years, he's taught me a lot. He's showed me a lot. And I believe that he's been preparing me more and more for the things that are ahead of me. To keep growing in love, to keep growing in faith, to keep growing in hope. So that I can encourage more and more people to believe, to hope, and to love. Even in the face of disbelief and hopelessness and distrust and hate and confusion. But through it all, I I can't rely on myself. When I've gotten myself in trouble, it's because I've relied too much on myself. And I even mistakenly thought that God wanted me in some way to be stoic. That is, not to be so emotionally attached to him or to be so vulnerable with him. But that's not what we read in the gospel. To be like a child means to make yourself vulnerable. It means to express your needs to God with great confidence. We know that little children, especially babies, have no qualms about expressing their needs to their parents. Before they can talk, they just cry. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm wet. Do something. And then as they get older and they're able to express themselves... It's pretty funny what comes out of the mouths of babes sometimes. The boldness, you might say, the boldness of a child that has a great relationship with his or her parents. It's inspiring. It's refreshing, isn't it? It's really refreshing. And that's how God wants us to relate to him. That's how the saints related to him. They all had, they had a certain boldness about that. And that's what made Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, that's what made her so great in a sense. She was so little, but she was so bold. And that's what God loved about her so much. And so tonight, I invite you to be bold. Don't complain. Well, I guess you can complain if you want, you know. Moses complained. Different saints complained at various times about various things. But in a sense, be selfish. But in a childlike way. Be bold in asking for whatever you need here tonight. That you need to feel his presence more. That you need to feel affirmed by him and blessed by him. And chosen by him. Loved by him.
by Him. Heard and understood by Him. Included by Him. That you want to experience that. That you want to feel that more and more deeply and personally. So as to have more joy. So as to have the strength to forgive. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Or renew forgiveness towards somebody. Maybe it's yourself. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. You know, God is not hard on you in that sense. We tend to be so hard on ourselves. God is not hard on you in that way. He doesn't want you to be hard on yourself in that way. That doesn't bring about healing. That doesn't bring peace and that doesn't bring joy. But if you can just let go, let go of it and give it to God. And admit your own need to feel loved by him and cherished by him. Then you can have that peace and that joy that you want. If we look to human beings to give us that, we're always going to be disappointed. There's no human being who can perfectly fulfill your desires and your needs because no human being is perfect. I tell young engaged couples that all the time. I look at the bride-to-be and I say, you know what? Don't try to make him perfectly happy because you're not perfect. And don't expect him to make you perfectly happy because he's not perfect. But you know, I think we sometimes make that mistake. Or we look to our parents or we're so upset that our parents didn't make us perfectly happy or whatever. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect except this guy right here. He's perfect. He's perfect. And he's good. And he's merciful. And he's understand. He's, he knows where you've been. He knows where you're at. And he knows where he wants to lead you. Pray for that vision tonight. Maybe you don't know where you're going. Maybe you don't really understand where you've been or where you're at or where you're going. Ask him for that vision. Don't ask for perfect clarity because he's not going to give you that regarding your future. There's a story that a priest once asked Mother Teresa to pray for him. And she goes, absolutely, Father. What do you want me to pray for? Clarity. I just need clarity. And she goes, I will never pray for that for you because I've never had it myself. Because that's what faith is all about. Faith in God, that he's leading you, that he's guiding you day by day, step by step. We don't pray in the Our Father, give us this day our bread for the next 10 years. We don't pray that. That's not how Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread, one day at a time. Because as he says in the Gospels, sufficient for the day is its own troubles. So don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow so much. All we've got is today. Nobody here knows that they're going to wake up tomorrow morning, right? Nobody here knows that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Right? That's a humbling thought. But it's, it's good to think about every once in a while. 
I don't know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, and neither do you. What do we have? All we have is tonight. All we have is today. That's all we got. So let's make the most of it. Let's ask God to help us make the most of each and every day. And Lord, help us to make the most of tonight, of this opportunity now. To be with you, to encounter you in this new way, in this fresh way. Help us to see, Lord. Help us to see in love in ourselves and in one another what you see and love in us. Give us that vision, Lord. And help us to be vulnerable with you tonight and with each other. Lord, we need to feel loved by you. We need to feel protected by you. We need to feel healed and forgiven by you. Lord, we're sorry for our sins. We're sorry for those times that we haven't trusted in you more. Please forgive us for for being unforgiving. Please give us the grace to forgive tonight, to forgive ourselves and to forgive others who have hurt us. And we just release to you, Lord, the burden of our sins and of our wounds. We show you our wounds tonight, Lord. We show you our scars as best we're able to do. We'll show you where it hurts. And we trust that you, the divine physician, will bring us healing tonight in a way that is for our good. In a way that will bring us closer to you and to one another. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.